This Week in Agriculture, a production of the Red River Farm Network. With a look at markets, I'm Randy Conan. Grain market continues to trade both sides of unchanged. Bolt marketing market analyst Dwayne Bussey thinks traders were already positioning ahead of the Thanksgiving Day holiday. Well, I, I think what you're seeing is is a holiday trade already, Randy. I, you know, yesterday the market started higher and then all of a sudden sold off. And you know, when that happens, of course, you and I are always looking for what news happened, what broke, and I mean, there's definitely some some negative news, and we can talk about that too, but not nothing drastic. Stonex Chief Commodities Economist Arlen Suderman says these grains are entering a time where a sideways trading pattern is common. I still think one of the keys is going to be, you know, that doesn't say we can't have down days, but corn has to protect next year's acreage as long as fertilizer prices are high. Um, soybeans is now defining a sideways trading range having broken uh, the... the uh, downtrend that it was in but uh, that means the sideways trading range are probably up and down type of a trade here in the weeks ahead and in wheat i think we'll continue to see good buys on the breaks slowing demand on the rallies probably starting to go sideways as well unless another threat to quality milling wheat pops up Global Commodities Analytics and Consulting President Mike Zuzlo also expects a, a volume, trade volume to be thin and choppy here ahead of Thanksgiving. And I think this is where the volatility is not going to go away. It's not going to diminish. It's going to stay very, very high, in my opinion, because there are still supply-side issues as we get into the bigger-picture holidays, as we get into the holidays, both Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's. But we still have a lot to answer for when it comes to the Canadian and Australian wheat flooding issues uh, as Australia tries to harvest, as Canada tries to get its smaller crop out the door. And Zuzel thinks that could lead to more U.S. wheat business. I'm wondering whether that's not coming into the hard red wheat market today because it's really interesting to see the hard red wheat all of a sudden up 10, 11 cents on the day uh, in the aftermath of Monday's crop conditions report, which shows Kansas in the uh, best condition ratings, good to excellent for the last five years for this time of year. Traders also continue to keep an eye on export demand. Comstock Investments market analyst Joe Camp says shipping costs related to supply chain issues are having an impact on commodity prices. I show some weakness, but overall we uh, see that the market has some underlying support from its own cash fundamentals. The feeder the cattle were moving at heavier volumes and at better prices earlier in the week. Last week, it was a better uh, price for live cattle, and so we still have that December contract anchored to that 132 live. That was the benchmark for last week with some optimism that we're going to have maybe even higher prices by $1 or $2 here today. Zaner Group Ag Hedge Lead Ted Seifred said the weakness in the grains was being led by the soybean market, while the livestock market, especially the live cattle, has been a broken record. You know, cattle are, are trying to be a little bit higher. You know, feeders are, are trying a little bit higher because corn's under a little bit of pressure. But, you know, you look at Feb live cattle. We're really entrenched in this range between 130 and 140, and we're towards the higher end of that range. Part of that is because, you know, we saw export sales this, this morning, which were really quite good, and China was a rather aggressive buyer uh, last week of U.S. beef. So that's great to see. But... Before we can really get too excited about it and say, "Hey, we're going to break out of that hundred or that dollar forty, uh, one forty resistance that we have above us," that's been so very strong, we're really going to need to see cash advance more aggressively. And that's a look at markets this week in agriculture for the Red River Farm Network. I'm Randy Conan. 
through their investment in the Minnesota Corn Checkoff, corn farmers are supporting university research to develop biodegradable corn plastics that would replace oil-based plastics. Using Minnesota-grown corn to create a better plastic delivers not only environmental benefits, but a huge potential new market for our state's corn crop, boosting demand and on-farm profitability. Want to learn more? See how your Minnesota Corn Checkoff investment is at work for you at mncorn.org. From Roseau to Aberdeen and Benson to Rugby, we cover agriculture here on the Red River Farm Network. Agriculture is big business, and we cover it that way with markets, market analysis, crop progress reports, USDA crop and supply demand reports, farm policy, and trade issues. We focus on the news that drives the markets. If it affects your bottom line, you'll hear about it here on the Red River Farm Network. Go online to rrfn.com. You'll find news, podcasts, weather, and more. With a look at farm news this week in agriculture, I'm Randy Conan. Most countries report BSE cases within 24 hours to the World Organization of Animal Health, or OIE. However, Brazil's two recently reported cases of atypical BSE were flagged last June. NCBA Vice President for Government Affairs Ethan Lane says it's vital that countries report these cases to OIE as soon as possible. That's the structure that underpins this system and ensures that when there is an outbreak of something that we need to shut down, uh, it happens quickly and efficiently and allows us around the world to react uh, in, a, in a commensurate manner and make sure that we don't have something spread out of control. Most every country in the world that trades with the United States adheres to those timelines, reports those outbreaks within 24 hours or so, um, and, and gets that done as quickly as possible. Brazil has a demonstrated history now over the course of at least 10 years of being not just days late, but weeks late or months late, or in some cases several years late in reporting. In these last two cases, uh, reported September 4th, uh, those are cases that actually flagged back in June. Ag Country Farm Credit Services Executive Vice President for Agribusiness and Capital Markets, Randy Aberly, testified before a House Agriculture Subcommittee on Commodity Exchanges, Energy and Credit on Renewable Fuels and the Renewable Economy in Rural America. Aberly says renewable energy is a vital component to the rural economy. Testified into how we can support the, the renewable energy uh, efforts to expand renewable energy in uh, rural America and support the rural economy. I, was, uh, I represented a country as a lender, and what we would need uh, to further some of these projects with some certainty of uh, future cash flows and some predictability with, uh, to be supported by longer-term legislation um, to uh, give uh, borrowers probably the courage to uh, expand or uh, uh, invest in new technologies to provide uh, uh, more renewable fuels into the space uh, and to meet the needs of rural America. Minnesota Governor Tim Walls led a 60-person trade delegation to the United Kingdom this week. Before the week was out, the group also traveled to Finland. Minnesota Agriculture Commissioner Tom Peterson is enthusiastic about the export potential. A lot's changing with Brexit and there's opportunities now to do some new deals with the United Kingdom and they also have some standards that we uh, have some issues with that we need to kind of work out and so they're very excited. This is the first state or anything that they've hosted. Um, having the governor go along is bringing a lot of attention. Uh, we have a lot of companies that do business in England uh, or UK and, um, and then also Finland was kind of an add-on and it's amazing how much uh, potential we possibly have for Finland as well. 
Bipartisan group of senators introduced the, the Cattle Price Discovery and Transparency Act. Iowa Senator Chuck Grassley says the legislation is trying to bring more transparency to the cattle market. The independent producer, the spot market, the cash person that wants to market on a daily basis as opposed to uh, uh, contracting ahead of time, uh, they don't know what a fair price is. The second thing is, and this is the cause of the first, is because four meat packers, the biggest ones, have about 85% of the market and about 85% of that 85% is pre-contracted and uh, those contracts are confidential. The legislation would establish regional mandatory minimum thresholds of negotiated cash and grid trades. It would also require USDA to create and maintain a public available, publicly available library of marketing contracts between packers and producers and prohibit USDA from using confidentiality as justification for not reporting all mandatory price information. That's a look at Farm News This Week in Agriculture. I'm Randy Conan. Proceeds Right Choice program this year is featuring solo stoves. All fire, no smoke. Solo stoves are designed outdoor products to help create good moments that become lasting memories. Just like proceed products create great moments that become lasting good memories. If you need seed, think proceed. www.proceed.net World Weather Incorporated Senior Meteorologist Drew Lerner is your trusted source for agricultural weather. From the Northern Plains, we will see a little pocket of additional cooling taking place in the northeast corner of North Dakota and northwestern Minnesota. To South America, it looks like Argentina will be dry for a few more days, and Brazil will see scattered showers and thunderstorms benefiting many crop areas. Drew Lerner, only on the Red River Farm Network. We're reporting agriculture's business. With a look at weather this week in agriculture, I'm Randy Conan. La Nina is starting to kick in across the northern plains. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Kara Hart has more. A La Nina usually brings cooler than usual temperatures and more snow for the northern plains. World Weather Incorporated senior agriculture meteorologist Drew Lerner expects the cooler than usual temperatures to intensify as we start the last two weeks of this month. There is potential for areas of the region to see lows close to zero degrees this week. There's a potential for that, but I don't think that the models are being very consistent about it quite yet, so confidence is not real high, but we'll certainly see some single-digit readings, and we've already had a couple of those in parts of the region, but we could see that a lot more widespread. Dry conditions improved for many parts of the region this fall, but Lerner is still concerned about the areas that haven't had as much moisture going into winter. This is primarily Montana, but some areas in the western Dakotas as well. And we really need to see more frequent and more significant moisture out that way, or when we get to spring, it might be a, a little bit of an issue. I don't know that we're going to see large amounts right away, but once the La Nina event does kick in, there will be more of these Alberta clippers that run down the front range of the Rocky Mountains. That should help to bring a little bit of moisture into parts of uh, Montana and those neighboring areas in the western parts of the Dakotas. Both Argentina and Brazil are expected to get timely rains over the next couple of weeks, maintaining a favorable mix of rain and sunshine 
for the planting of crops and crop development. World Weather says rainfall in most areas over the next 10 days to two weeks will vary anywhere from two to four inches. Wheat harvest weather in southern Brazil also will remain favorable for harvest progress. The weather forecast for much of the Midwest also remains favorable for the remaining harvest and winter wheat seeding. World Weather Incorporated says the best drying weather will be in the Great Plains and western Corn Belt. A few showers will impact Nebraska but uh, and some of the easternmost production areas, but amounts not very great. Eastern Midwest will see several rounds of rain with alternating periods of rain and sunshine, allowing for late season field work to continue. USDA's weekly crop progress and conditions report says North Dakota's winter wheat is rated 67% fair to good with 30% rated poor to very poor. 90% of North Dakota's corn and 83% of the sunflowers have been harvested. Pasture and rangeland conditions rated 78% poor to very poor with only 7% rated good. Stock water supplies are rated 72% short to very short. And in the weekly crop progress and conditions report from USDA, Minnesota's topsoil moisture rated 77% adequate, subsoil moisture rated 68% adequate. Corn harvest is at 97% complete, 1% ahead of last year, 10% ahead of the five-year average. And the National Ag Statistics Service says 89% of South Dakota's corn has been harvested, behind last year's 95%, but it is ahead of the 79% five-year average. 74% of the winter wheat is rated fair or better, with 26% rated poor to very poor. 93% of the sorghum, 83% of the sunflowers have been harvested, both ahead of the five-year average. South Dakota's pasture and rangeland condition rated 68% poor to very poor. Could expect to see a few isolated showers over the weekend, mostly dry Monday. Temperatures are expected to be near to below normal. Scattered showers coming in back in the forecast again next week. That's a look at weather this week in agriculture. I'm Randy Conan. From too much moisture to not enough. We've seen quite a range of weather these past few years. And although we don't know what the next growing season will look like, we do know that there are options to help mitigate against risk. A multi-parallel crop insurance policy through Egg Country Farm Credit Services gives you peace of mind while protecting your bottom line. Turn to the experts in every field. Contact Egg Country Farm Credit Services today. Don't miss the dry bean scene on the Red River Farm Network every Friday at 1235 on this radio station. Each week we'll get an update on the dry bean crop. We'll talk to agronomists, farmers, and processors across the region. We'll get the latest news of the dry bean industry, all coming to you on your radio dial. The dry bean scene on the Red River Farm Network, made possible by Johnstown Bean Company, SRS Commodities, Sharpen Herbicide from BASF, and the North Harvest Bean Growers Association.